VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome to Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this program are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now, with Positive Living, here's Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. You know, I started on Voice America when it was in its infancy about seven years ago, and they were in it a little bit longer, maybe about eight years, and it's interesting and amazing. We started with maybe 15, 20 shows, and now there are over 200 shows on Voice America. The industry has rapidly grown, and it's exciting to me because this kind of positive program is readily available on networks like Voice America, which is really one of the biggest and the best. So do check them out. My program, Positive Living, is all about turning your problems into solutions and your obstacles into opportunities and making your dreams come true. That's what we do each week. That's what I've been doing for 25 years on all of my programs, both on television and radio. And I really do believe that you you can make it happen for yourself. It's not always easy. You need a lot of support, but that's what we do on this program. You can also write to me, uh, Patricia, at patriciaraskin.com or raskinresources.com. My new revised site is up and I have a newsletter and a blog, and I'd certainly love to hear from you. And if you are tuning in, which is today, which would be live on August 18th between 2 and 3 p.m. Eastern and 11 and noon Pacific, you can give us a call if you have any questions or any thoughts at 866-472-5788. We're talking about the world of television, production, and writing, and we're also talking about a very positive upcoming movie with the executive producer. My guest today is Rob Gilmer, who is the executive producer and writer for the upcoming Hallmark Mystery Channel movie, which is a mystery movie on the Mystery Movie Channel, and it's called Dear Prudence, and it's coming up this Saturday on August 23rd. And Rob has worked for nearly 30 years in the television industry, from staff writer to story editor to producer to supervising producer on more than two dozen television shows and made-for-television movies. And as the executive producer and writer, he can tell us a lot about this movie and many more. Welcome, Rob. Hi, Patricia. Nice to, nice to join you. I'm glad you're here. Um, tell us how you created Dear Prudence. What gave you this idea for this type of made-for-TV movie? Well, um, that, that's a complicated um, question. I wish there was an easy answer to it. Uh, I've been, a, as you mentioned, in the, in the TV business for 30 years, oftentimes as an independent or freelance writer and producer. So part of my job um, is to sit around in my office every day and stare at the ceiling and let my mind wander. <laughs> and I was doing just that with my partner on this project, Les, and- Les Alexander, who's an Emmy Award-winning producer and writer, uh, uh, and we were literally just sitting around kicking around uh, ideas, and I and I think that um, either Les and I had, and this was this was years ago, Les or I had been uh, following the career of Martha Stewart. I think at that point mm-hmm. in time she was quite popular then, and one of us said, "Gee, that would be fun to take that kind of a character, very positive, powerful, successful woman, and uh, and create a show around her, not about the." not about her show per se, but it, since Les and I are both entertainers, to find a way to create a show that uses an idea and a character like this as a platform for a show. And um, we, we started kicking that idea around, and uh, I, I guess over the course of a couple of months, 
um, we sort of developed, more fine-tuned the idea and tried to find a way to take a character like that and put her in a world uh, which would be the basis for a series of TV shows. Mm-hmm. We initially had thought about this concept as a series uh, and didn't have any success in, uh, in setting it up as a series. And we're then fortunate uh, some time ago to connect with Hallmark and pitch them this idea, and they saw it immediately as a series of movies. And, as and how did you come up with Dear Prudence? Where did that name come up from? <laughs> That's a darn good question. You know, we... Um, of course, we were looking at, uh, at actual columnists uh, that everyone has known about, Dear Abby, uh, and, and people like that. And, I, you know, honestly, I think we were looking for a, a name that would uh, have some resonance. It seemed to have her. This column ostensibly was started by her mother 40 years ago, who was from mm-hmm. England. So we were looking for what we felt to be, correctly or incorrectly, rather an older and somewhat a specific English name, and of course, both Les and I are great fans of the Beatles, and uh, can't deny the, yeah. the, uh, the the poetry of the song "Dear Prudence." And not that her name was based on the song, but certainly it felt to us like uh, an appropriate, somewhat dated, kind of cute name for a woman who uh, is a columnist. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and again, they chose Jane Seymour to be Prudence. I'm sorry. And they chose Jane Seymour to be Prudence. Well, actually, when we when we took this to the Hallmark Channel, and this is almost always the case. You walk into a, uh, a network or a cable outfit like Hallmark, and the first thing you do is pitch them an idea. You have to convince them you've got a viable idea. Uh, and then once you get them interested in that, the, the next thing they want to know is, well, who would play Prudence? Mm-hmm. And Les and I had, uh, had thought long and hard about this before we went into Hallmark, hoping that we would get to, the <laughs> to, that, to that question. And we immediately said, Jane Seymour is... Prudence McCoy. Yeah. And um, given the demographics, in other words, the, the audience, age, gender audience of the Hallmark Channel, they immediately responded to the idea. Because Jane is, um, given her her viewership, who she is, the personality. Her Absolutely. Career, With Dr. Quinn, fit. and she's an Emmy winner and a Golden Globe winner. I had her on uh, one of my other programs and recently talking about Dear Prudence, and it was really, it was enlightening to have her on. Well, and you know, it was, it was enlightening and, and fun to work with Jane because once we mentioned Jane Seymour to Homework and they said, we love this, can you get her? Les and I said, well, of course we can get her. <laughs> and then we had to go and get her and um, find out if she was available and if she was interested. So we sent her the script. And then because I always enjoy and value the process of, of listening to and working with an actor as he or she begins to create mm-hmm. a role, or get into, slip into the role. I spent a lot of time sitting with Jane, getting her thoughts on the character. She had a tremendous amount of input into the character. Is there a complicated process, Rob? You know, when you find an actor like Jane and you say, this is a person, then procuring that, you know, going to the agents and reading the script, does a lot of time pass? Is it a long process? It it. it in, tele- in, that, in television, it's, it's in film, there are similarities to this process. Uh, but television is and has always been a much more uh, immediate medium. Um, the process, if we take, if this had been a feature movie for a theatrical film, if we'd set this script out, it could have been a year before anyone would have read the script. Mm-hmm. Or uh, an agent or manager might read a script that then he or she might 
send it to their client, and their client, if he or she had been still or if Ben's busy, not going to read it for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, in television, um, and I'm not sure why this is, but things happen much more quickly. It's, to me, it's one of the great delights of working in television because mm-hmm. you can you can execute, you can aggressively follow through on something, and you can get things done much more quickly. So in this case, the first hurdle we had to we had to jump over was to get her manager to read and like the script. Mm-hmm. And that happened immediately, uh, and, and he happened to adore the script and thought it was perfect for Jane. So. He sent it on to her um, <clears throat> with his recommendation, and it, the timing was such that she had some time to sit down and read the script, and, and Jane always works and asks for the opinion of her husband, James, who's an actor, and Stacy Keach's brother, James, and a director, and a very talented filmmaker. Uh, mm-hmm. He read it as well, and he liked it, and the next thing I knew, I was sitting at their house in Malibu uh, uh, over dinner chatting about who Jane saw Dear Prudence is being. So in it was, in this case, it was a seamless, seemed to be, relatively speaking, seamless. It was just moving smoothly. Yeah, so often in, in, the, in show business, the stars either align in your favor or they don't. <laughs> mm-hmm. In this case, they, were, they worked in our favor. Mm-hmm. Now, the process of being executive producer, does that mean that you are involved in casting, in, uh, in getting the money, um, in setting up location sites? What, what, I know it's different between television and radio. Well, and, and in, in the visual medium, it's different between TV and film. Um, in, in television, there, there, there are two types of producers, and anyone who watches television on a regular basis and sees the credits that roll before or after a film, sees sometimes there's, it seems like an endless list of producers. In, in TV, <clears throat> um, writers who are able to do a good job and who deliver the goods on a regular basis mm-hmm. <clears throat> often have an opportunity to become more intimately involved in the creative process, which means becoming some kind of a, a producer. Um, in TV, we we rarely um, get involved in the raising of the money, although in the case of this movie of the week, Les and I and his partner, Jonathan Mitchell, were intimately involved in mm-hmm. going out and selling the movie internationally. We needed yeah. to go out and do that. Hallmark owns the picture in the States for a period of time, but we, have, we own the project internationally, so we went mm-hmm. out and... Uh, shopped around for an international distributor <clears throat> to sell the film to the rest of the world. So to that, s- to that extent, we were involved in the money, and I, I had to keep a very close eye on the budget as well. Right. And that's, that's the other part that we'll talk about in the next segment is this whole idea of money versus love of the industry. You know, do what you love and the money will follow, and that it doesn't always happen, but, you know, how you balance those two. So we'll talk about that. Okay. But I do want to ask you if you would say, because you have – written dozens of episodes for Knott's Landing, Magna P.I., Scarecrow and Mrs. King, Knight Rider, Relic Hunter, Burning Zone, Matrix, Painkiller Jane, Robin Hoods, and many, many more. Would you say that a lot of the themes of the movies that you write for uh, or episodes are positive in nature, or do you say it's mixed? No, I, I, listen, I, I, would, I would say that anyone, a writer who loves what he or she does, and takes the process of writing seriously. Um, I mean, I consider it uh, to be a gift that I was given. I don't know why, because I'm terrible at music, for instance, but I happen to be able to put words together on, on a piece of paper. But 
we're always, most of us are always looking for some positive, um, transcendence, too big a word, but positive things to write about. Unless mm-hmm. we're completely nihilistic and existent in ex- some sort of existential despair, but that's never been the case for me. And <clears throat> when I first started, the first job I ever had in, in the television business was writing for the first year of Knott's Landing, which was radically different than what Knott's Landing became. But the first year, it was about uh, the, um, the, uh, the lives of a group of middle-class families in a Southern California town, and we attempted to deal with very human, family-oriented stories and dilemmas, much the way, same way uh, a show that was on years ago called Family did. These were, the themes we dealt with were what it's like to be married, what it's like to struggle through a divorce, what it's like to be a teenager growing mm-hmm. up, you know, stories you can get your, your, your teeth around, and... Um, I enjoyed that tremendously, and I must say, in every show that I've worked on, uh, every episode that I've written, I've always found something to write about that, uh, to me, is intriguing and compelling, and even in the most mundane of TV shows, uh, sort of transcended. Okay. All right. My guest is Rob Gilmer, executive producer and writer for many episodes on television and and made-for-television movies, and he is the uh, writer and executive producer for the upcoming series, or actually will hopefully will be series, Hallmark Mystery Movie Channel. And that wonderful movie is Dear Prudence, and that's this Saturday, August 23rd. So please check that out. It's a, it's really a fun movie. You're listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. Stay tuned, folks. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer, and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with easy to understand tools and tips with his weekly guest jim draws from successes with professionals college high school and youth teams coaches and players learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure tension and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with championship thinking every tuesday at 4 p.m pacific time right here on america's voice voice america hey dad what i can't get the ketchup bottle open Here, let me try. Here you go. Thanks. You don't have to be a hero to be a hero. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. Had an accident? The people you may encounter may be attorneys, doctors, and insurance agents. How do you protect yourself and your family? 
Tune into Meeting by Accident with attorney Tom Woodruff, an experienced trial attorney and former legislator. Attorney Woodruff and his expert guests assist and inform on what to do in a crisis, what steps to take, what to avoid, and most important, what you need to know to get through the process. Meeting by Accident broadcasts every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Because being informed makes all the difference. Tune into Meeting by Accident with attorney Tom Woodruff. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Everybody, we are back. You are listening to Positive Living, and I'm Patricia Raskin. We have a really fun, great show for you today, and I'm chuckling. I have a terrific guest. Today we are talking about the world, the Hollywood world of television movies, of writing, of producing, of making them happen so that we really have a better understanding of, of the making or the process of what we watch when we watch things, particularly wonderful movies on television. And today we are talking about the upcoming Hallmark Mystery Movie Channel. And uh, August 23rd on Saturday will be the movie Dear Prudence starring Jane Seymour. And the script and executive producer, the script was written by Rob Gilmer. He's the executive producer as well. And he's on the phone with me today from California. Welcome, Rob. Hello, Patricia. Well, good. I can hear you now. We were having trouble hearing before. So this is really good. You can hear me now. Yes. And, you know, if you have any questions, if you're a filmmaker or a writer, or you just love watching uh, television movies, particularly on the Hallmark Channel, give us a call right here if you are listening live on Monday, August 18th, between 2 and 3 p.m. Eastern and 11 and noon Pacific. The number is 866-472-5788. And remember also, folks, to uh, write to me at Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. I have a blog and a newsletter, and you can certainly write your name for the email list. Okay, Rob, we're talking about this whole world of, of writing and producing television movies. You know, there's a book out by Marcia Sinatar called Do What You Love and the Money Will Follow. Mm-hmm. Well, often those of us in this kind of broadcast and media and showbiz world, we do what we love even when the money doesn't immediately follow. How do you balance that? How do you make that come without having a breakdown while you're waiting for the money to follow, doing what you love? Well, that's an excellent question, and I, I get that. I, I have this discussion with a lot of uh, young kids who are who want to get in the business because I, I always tell them <clears throat> that um, there's no guarantee. Uh, regardless of how hard they work, that they're going to succeed. Yeah. There's no guarantee that they're going to succeed quickly. Uh, there's, there's never even any guarantee they're going to succeed in the ways they set out to try and succeed. Yeah. So it's, and that, that may be true, Patricia, anywhere in life, but in show business it's especially true. It, there's a huge roll of the dice that any of us take. And um, I always say to, to kids, I'm on an advisory uh, committee at Stanford University where I went to school, they get kids graduating from there, and they phone me, and they say, I want to come down to L.A., and I want to be involved in the film business, and I always ask them the same question. Is there anything else that you would rather do? Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, how passionately do you want mm-hmm. to do this? That's and the key word. Even a glimmer of an idea about something else, I say, well, do that. 
Because unless you have an overriding passion for this, you're going to be discouraged. You're yeah. going to be discouraged. You know, I have to tell you, it's interesting because um, I've been doing this work for 25 years in terms of profiling positive role models. It started in the early 80s, and people laughed at me and said, nobody wants to hear this because the mm-hmm. news is filled with negative sensationalism. Now, I hung in and stayed with it, and the reason I'm really making it now is because the time is right. Now, granted, you've got to be good. I mean, we know that. But, you know, sometimes it is a combination of things. It's not just being good. It's being in the right place at the right time. Sure. Absolutely. Listen, um, I know in my business, Patricia, that um, there's a tremendous amount, undeniably a tremendous amount of serendipity in life. Yes. Oh, yes. Now, someone said, um, uh, what was the definition of luck? being in the right place and being able to do what people want you to do when you have an opportunity or something like that. Yeah. A terrible paraphrase of that. But you do have to have the talent and the chops. But oftentimes, even the most talented people don't have the opportunity to do what they'd like to do. I Listen, I personally know lots of people who are extremely talented as writers or producers um, who haven't had as good fortune as I've had or have had some good fortune and then fortune and fate have turned her face in the other direction and suddenly people find themselves without careers and it's mm-hmm. it's uh, it's challenging it's discouraging the thing that i find that you have to sort of get a hold of and try and hold on to always is a sense of your own self-worth and that yes. sounds like a terrible cliche and it's hard earned but if yeah. we don't have a sense of our own self-worth in the in the midst of the vagaries of life sometimes we we find ourselves like ships in a storm. Yeah, no, that's very, particularly in this business. Yeah, because it changes. I mean, somebody can write a great article about you, and somebody can write a terrible article about you. Yeah, and, and that doesn't and dictate is, who you are. Much as good as the last script you wrote. Yes, so, yes, I said <clears> that. I've had some of the funniest uh, reviews of my work. Some of the most scathing. Uh, <laughs> yeah. the most supportive. And sometimes sometimes the good ones aren't from things you thought were that good, and the scathing ones are from things you thought were good. So it, it depends on the person, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And honestly, in, in my business, I'm sure it's true of you, <clears throat> no one in my business has to do something that's bad. And when you get a bad review, um, <clears throat> unless you're not human, it does hurt because everyone wants to do good work. Of course. Sometimes we just can't, we can't execute as successfully, and sometimes yeah. it's the uh, un- yeah. undefinable chemistry of people in places mm-hmm. making work. Let's talk, let's relate that back to Dear Prudence, which is the upcoming Hallmark Channel mystery movie, mm-hmm. which is coming up this Saturday on mm-hmm. the 23rd, and people certainly can tune into the Hallmark Channel in the evening. I think it's 8 o'clock. Not sure. 8 o'clock Central, 9 o'clock everywhere else. Okay. Um, going back to Dear Prudence, what do you think, Rob, was the draw for the Hallmark Channel to say, yes, we really want this? What was the hook for them? The, the values in the movie, the relationships in the movie, the characters themselves, the fact that they, wanted, <clears throat> they, want, they want to entertain their viewers, of course, though. So, and they are doing a series of uh, movies. Uh, they do like uh, mysteries. This was a mystery. But I think more than anything, Hallmark was attracted to uh, and enjoyed the character of Prudence McCoy, uh, who she was as a person, as a woman, her relationship with her assistant, Nigel. Uh, there's a, a lovely, touching subplot in the movie about Prudence and her relationship with her mother. 
uh, unresolved relationship with her mom. During the course of the movie, she learns a great deal about her mother as a person and a woman that she didn't know, and as a consequence of that knowledge, learns something about herself as a person and a woman. And I think that Hallmark, uh, and as a network, they're quite sensitive to the themes, the morals, and the values of the programming they produce, felt that this would be a positive and uplifting story that their viewers would not only be entertained by, but also to a certain extent inspired or enlightened by. Inspired more than enlightened, probably. And also that particular channel looks at inspiring and enlightening movies they do most very of the much. time. And that is, the, uh, I think, the, the cornerstone of their programming ethos, um, which is programming that it does have a moral foundation and an ethical cornerstone on which these things rest. And they, wouldn't, they simply wouldn't tolerate um, <clears throat> uh, vulgar language, uh, gratuitous violence, any violence of any kind, really. Uh, and it was a relief to me. I enjoyed writing this because so often in TV, you feel like, and the network increasingly feels as though you have to sort of overwhelm people with um, violence and a lot of coarse language that uh, sometimes is part of the storytelling process, but it certainly doesn't have to be. As I said years ago, after finishing another TV series, if I don't ever have to write another car chase, <laughs> I'll be a happy writer. Well, you didn't have to write one for this movie, that was for sure. No, no there's one little bit of action, uh, one scene uh, in which there's, uh, there's a bad guy being a bad guy, uh, but much more entertaining and compelling to me are the emotional moments in the film, and there's a lovely romantic, um, twist and turn in the story. Yes, there was a love. There was a love theme in there too. But it was also nice because I was a real Dr. Quinn medicine viewer. I had watched every single episode. Was the mother was Native American in this movie, and she was also a, a major player in Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. She she was uh, Tantu Cardinal. Yes, who lives? She's a Canadian woman. She lives in uh, Vancouver, but she has. Um, she has been a, an actress used in a, just a whole variety of um, of movies and television shows over the last 20 or 30 years. Uh, I think she was born in Alberta, uh, Canada, Fort McMurray. And uh, she has played uh, all sorts of things. She, uh, um, in Dr. Quinn, what the heck did she play in Dr. Quinn? She was on that for such a long time. I think she was the wife of the chief, as I remember. It's Snowbird. That, the character named mm-hmm. Snowbird. Yes. And I think she had six or seven episodes there, and she was on North of 60, which was a Canadian show. Yes. She was in Dances yes. with Wolves. But it, it was interesting, too, for me, you know, that Jane had been in movies that really focused on some Native American themes, and this came back into your prudence. Very much so. The, without giving away the, um, <clears throat> the plot of the movie, uh, um, the MacGuffin, if you will, or the the uh, sort of the, the tip of the story, has to do with a, uh, uh, a native sacred uh, ground that is being threatened or seems to be threatened, and it is the the, the burial grounds and the the, the land of this of Tantu Cardinal character's mm-hmm. family, and has been for hundreds hundreds of years. So there's, there's that. That's another theme to our movie that I think <clears throat> resonated for Hallmark and also for Jane, who feels very strongly about Native American issues uh, and is involved in many of them as well. She was just uh, made an honorary member of the, 
of a tribe, I want to say the Dakota, but I'm not sure, Sue, perhaps uh, at a ceremony in New Mexico mm. because of her work uh, dealing with conservation of water rights on... on yes, she had talked about that in the interview. Yes, and, and so much of the Dr. Quinn series focused on that as well. Sure. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a break. My guest today is Rob Gilmer, who is the executive producer and writer of the upcoming Hallmark movie, which is on the Hallmark Mystery Movie Channel. And this is this Saturday, August 23rd, at, uh, I believe it's 9 o'clock and 8 o'clock Central for all, everyone else. And take a look at this. It's a, it's a great, it's a fun movie. It's sort of a whodunit, and it's got a little bit of Eloise in it and a little bit of uh, sort of Martha Stewart uh, with Jane being Dear Prudence and Miss Six Lady, and it's very well done. And uh, we're going to come back and talk to Rob more about writing and producing television series and about positive media in general. That's what we're going to talk about next, because that's what this program is, Positive Living. You're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Wine and Women is not your boring wine geek show. It is rather a fresh, fast-paced approach featuring interesting stories and entertaining segments about wine and wine-related topics through a warm and chatty format that will appeal especially to women, men optional. Hosted by wine connoisseurs and luxury lifestyle experts, Julie Brosterman, Lisa Kring, Sharon Borston, and Jeanette Oku, Wine and Women takes listeners to Napa, Sonoma, and other wine regions worldwide to meet the best as well as the newest winemakers, to restaurants to meet top chefs and sommeliers, to wine-themed spas, wine country getaways, even into supermarket wine aisles where Women and Wine Angels swoops down and helps shoppers to get their wine picks and more. Women in Wine broadcasts each Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Women in Wine, enjoying life one sip at a time. I can take care of myself. I can make a peanut butter sandwich. I can brush my teeth and I can give myself a bath. I can walk home alone from school. I can pick dinner from the trash behind the deli. I can watch the baby for the whole weekend. I can keep a baseball bat by my bed just in case there's trouble. Don't worry about me. I can take care of myself. If you're in jail, who'll be there to take care of your family? Something to think about before committing a gun crime. Gun crimes hit home. This message brought to you by Project Safe Neighborhoods and the Ad Council. Looking for a good time? We've got a show that will give you a wild ride. This show will make you feel good. And it's not even bad for you. You need your time to let loose. It's time for a feel-good party. Pull up to the computer, mix yourself a drink, and turn up the speakers. Happy Hour is here. Every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. It's called the biggest radio show in the world. Hosted by international personality and pundit Michael DeMarco. You don't know what's coming next. The biggest radio show in the world on Voice America. VoiceAmerica.com Hi everyone, we are back. You are listening to Positive Living and I'm Patricia Raskin. 
You know, as I always say, this program is about turning obstacles into opportunities and problems into solutions and making your dreams come true. And you can give us a call if you're listening live on August 18th, which is Monday between 2 and 3 p.m. Eastern and between 11 and noon Pacific. And uh, and you can call us at 866-472-5788. All of these shows are archived on voiceamerica.com, and they're also archived on my site. Go to patriciaraskin.com and click on Shows. I have more than one. Go to Voice America, and it will take you right to my link, and those shows you can click on and listen at any time. Uh, my guest today is Rob Gilmer, who is the executive producer and writer of the upcoming Hallmark Mystery Channel, Mystery Movie, which is on their Hallmark Channel, and it's called Dear Prudence, starring Jane Seymour, who I recently interviewed. It's a wonderful, fun mystery whodunit movie, and it's on Saturday, August 23rd at 9 o'clock everywhere and 8 o'clock Central. Uh, so do, do look at that. Welcome back, Rob. Hi, Patricia. All right. Um, you know, we were talking about positive media. I said I've been in it for many years and was one of the Lone Rangers, and now all of a sudden it's popular. But you, you know, back in the 70s were also in positive media in terms of the Whole Earth Catalog, which was the Bible then. And so you understand, you know, what, what, we, were, what we were doing, trying to share those messages way back in the 70s and 80s. Uh, how far do you think we've come, Rob? Do you think we've, um, we've turned a corner? Well, <clears throat> I do know, Patricia, that my generation, I guess I was an early baby boomer, <clears throat> I, I think certainly my generation, though we've all grown much older and gotten families and, uh, and punches and lost hair and, and acquired mortgages, I think m- many of us carried forward from those tumultuous 60s and the early 70s a different sense of ourselves and the world and how the world m- might and should work. Um, that continues to inform the way many of us conduct our lives. <clears throat> Not to say we haven't become more middle-class and bourgeois. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> we don't all live in the hate ashbury any longer. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, I- I'm in touch with hundreds of my old friends from back then, and I-, I must say there's a qualitative impact that that's made on our lives. And it's interesting. I now have <clears throat> I have a daughter who's... Uh, old enough to be just at the tail end of the baby boom generation, so we are sort of co-boomers. But now I've got a 14-year-old son whose generation, whatever the alphabetical designation yeah, is. Yeah, I don't think one. it's X. I think it's beyond that. I don't know where it is now. Yeah. I've lost track. But it's interesting because I see three generations of Americans in my yeah. own family. And um, I'm around a lot of younger uh, kids in their in their late teens, early 20s in, in the entertainment business. And I sense a growing desire uh, in those kids to find a way to express their concern about <clears throat> the way the world is, is working, mm-hmm. a struggle to define how they want to participate in the world, an emphasis on um, quality in their lives as opposed to just making money. It was so much the emphasis in the 80s. Um, so I, I, I think what, the sense I get, Patricia, is we go through cultural cycles, and I think we're heading back into a cycle, particularly a cycle being headed by this latest, youngest generation, uh, that's probably one of the reasons you're experiencing such a resurgence or a surgence in interest in positive living. I think more and more, particularly as the world gets more challenging and difficult, I think more and more we're looking inward for for ways to find a way to live our lives positively and productively. Mm -hmm. Mm, Yeah. And... 
we're seeing that trend more now because people, you know, so many people are stressed at this point mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. our economy and uh, there are a lot of health issues in our country now and people are stressed and they're looking for inspiration. I think I read something recently that said that psychologists and therapists are doing better than ever. <laughs> well, uh, I, you know, given the amount of stress and uncertainty uh, in life today, that doesn't all surprise me. I think it's also um, a positive sign, as opposed just to response to, to, to problematic times, positive sign that more and more people are, are feeling comfortable seeking out assistance and trying to answer some of these difficult questions. You know, there was a period of time where people didn't want to go see psychologists. And they were embarrassed. Uh, to do so for some reason, Uh, and now uh, people are seeking out uh, professional help because they really do want and need to get answers. Rob, what advice would you give to someone listening to this? And it may not be a 20-something. It may be a 20-something's mother, grandmother, aunt, or uncle, or cousin who's listening and saying, boy, you know, I've got this niece, nephew, or child, or whatever, and uh, they really want show business. What would be your advice to them? I know you said, well, you know, I wouldn't always advise it because you've really got to be passionate. But mm-hmm. if somebody's committed and really wants to go for this business, particularly as a writer or producer or even an actor, what would you say? Uh, in terms of how to pursue their career? Yes. Is that what you mean? Yes. Well, um, <clears throat> in in the States, in the United States today, there's still two places in the country where show business is centered, the actual business of show business, uh, and that's Los Angeles uh, and New York York City. Um, 30 years ago, when I wanted to get seriously involved in show business, I came to Los Angeles because I wanted to be close to and and become a part of the community of people who were helping or who were involved in the making of movies and television. So I guess my, my... most prudent advice would be first, and I would always, as I said earlier, I always counsel people to make sure there's nothing, nothing else they want to do. But having made that decision, uh, I would, I always counsel people to see if they can find a way to get themselves to either Los Angeles, New York, and, and mm-hmm. just being here in LA, for instance, being around people who are struggling like they initially will be, who are beginning to get work. Uh, people who are successful is a tremendous uh, inspiration, and it also puts you in touch with the community of people who might help you um, uh, get opportunities to work. So I always encourage people, uh, if you want to be a cowboy, you've got to go out west. If you want to be in showbiz, you've got to go to L.A. or New York, I think. It's not the only answer, but I think it's uh, it's, 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 it's... And do you think, Rob, that if you're serious about it, and of course you need to work... Should you be trying to find some work in a related field, or should you, you know, go be a waiter or a waitress? Or um, what do you think about that? Well, um, that's interesting that you should say that's another question I always ask people. If you come out to LA, how are you going to support yourself until you can make a living in show business? Because you've got to have a way to support yourself. Ideally, I think. Uh, depending on what you want to do, uh, if you can get a job, and they're very, very hard to get, but if one can get a job in the entertainment business in any capacity, mm-hmm. uh, I would take it. Um, they're hard to get because there's literally thousands of kids, people who are coming out here who will take those jobs and work for free. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's also very hard because until you get out here and get some experience, you have absolutely nothing to offer an employer. Mm-hmm. And um, anyone out here who's hiring people is hiring people for one reason and one reason only, what that person can do for them. 
mm-hmm. uh, experience. What, what do you do? How long have you done it? How good are you at doing it? Most of us who come out to L.A. for the first time don't have any experience. So getting in the front door, a front door that's closed pretty firmly to almost everyone who doesn't have any experience is a real challenge. So mm-hmm. I, I was fortunate when I came out to L.A. 30 years ago. It's the best thing that ever happened to me. Uh, I wanted to write, which meant I need, needed my days or nights free, and I needed to make a living, and I got a job bartending. So, mm-hmm. And it saved my life, uh, it literally, because I had all day to write, and I worked at night, and uh, I, it didn't make a whit of difference where I'd gone to school. And by the time I got down to Los Angeles, I'd been to undergraduate business school and film school, and, uh, and but no one really cared. No one cared where I'd gone mm-hmm. to school. They wanted to know what I could do for them. Yeah, uh, I couldn't do anything for them initially. But like you said, you did have a lucky break in there because you have to. I had. Um, I always said to myself, Patricia, when I got out here and realized how hard it was going to be, all I want is one opportunity. Yeah. I want one opportunity, and if I if I can take advantage of it, great. And if not, then I'll have to you know, I'll have to make peace with that. And uh, it took me two years to get that one break. And uh, I was asked. That's not a long time, Rob, is it? Well, it didn't seem like a long time to me. Um, but two years is two years, and when you're making margaritas and you're 30 years old. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It might seem like a long time. I, I didn't get down here until I was older. Um, I'd had a couple of careers before I came down here. But um, when I finally got my one break, it was a chance to come in and rewrite a script on for the first year of Knott's Landing. And I and I came in and I was wildly enthusiastic. And I took the script, the idea home, and I rewrote it, and rewrote it, and rewrote it, and handed it in, and didn't hear anything for a month. And I thought, well. All right, I had my chance. I had this was the one opportunity I'd asked for, and apparently, uh, it was not. I, it wasn't good enough, and uh, tremendously disappointing. But at least I felt at least I had the the opportunity. And then I got a phone call saying I was hired on the show. <laughs> mm. So um, it worked out for me. Um, well, and that's the other part. We've got to go to break, but the other part of that is that you have to stay with it. Yep, you absolutely do. Perseverance more than any. And that's and and the the issue with that that I have found is you you don't know when that corner's when that corner's going to turn. No, 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 no. You that's that's the, that's the hard part. That is very hard. But you just keep with it. All right. Well, enlightening, Rob Gilmer. My guest is Rob Gilmer, executive producer and writer for the upcoming movie on the Hallmark Channel. It's a Hallmark mystery movie called Dear Prudence, starring Jane Seymour, who I recently interviewed, and it's a wonderful movie. We're going to talk a little more about the movie when we come back, a little more about the world of writing and producing uh, in Hollywood for television and for movies. And my guest again is Rob Gilmer, who's the executive producer and writer. He's worked for nearly 30 years in television. During his career, he's worked as a staff writer, story editor, executive story editor, producer, supervising producer, and executive producer on more than two dozen television series and made-for-TV movies. You're listening to Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. 
If you want to put the pep back in your step, Chad Lafferty's has just what you're looking for. Dance is life. Life is dance. It's only about dance. It's about moving through life with style, gaining awareness of the never-ending, ever-flowing movement that accompanies all of life's activities. Dance is life. Life is dance. Broadcast every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Radio Network. Be sure to tune in and tap into the limitless healing that dance can provide. Can't stop now. Dad, can I ask you something? Sure. There's this girl I kind of like. Say no more. You just have to impress her. Okay, but how? Just, I don't know, pick up a lot of heavy things around her. Like what? You know, desks, chairs, people. Grunt if you have to. Grunt? Yeah, be like, oh! Uh, there you go. You don't have to be perfect to be a perfect parent. When you adopt a child from foster care, just being there makes all the difference. To learn more, call 1-888-200-4005. A public service announcement brought to you by Adopt US Kids, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, and the Ad Council. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com everyone we are back you are listening to positive living and i'm patricia raskin right here on voiceamerica.com and you know as i said at the beginning of the program voice america has grown over the seven years i've been here from maybe 20 shows 25 shows to over 200 it's one of the biggest networks on the internet growing rapidly and it's wonderful to see that this kind of programming which is educational inspirational and positive is offered so often right here on voiceamerica.com. They have several networks, so do check that out. Remember, this program is about really your life and making your life work. It's about turning your problems into solutions and your challenges into opportunities and making your dreams come true. And today we're talking about to the executive producer and writer of the new Hallmark mystery movie, which is going to be on the Hallmark Channel this Saturday, August 23rd at 8 p.m. Central and 9 p.m., I think, in the rest of the country. And my guest today is Rob Gilmer, who has worked for, for nearly 30 years in the television industry, and he is the executive producer and writer for Dear Prudence. Welcome back, Rob. Thanks, Let's talk about the camaraderie on the set, you know, sure. the goodwill, the connection, how people interact. I mean, this was a fun movie. It's positive and upbeat. It's sort of a whodunit, and Jane Seymour being Dear Prudence like an Eloise kind of figure or a Martha Stewart. But, you know, it's also a murder mystery, and, and there's some tenderness in there as well. Mm-hmm. And um, how were the people on the set? How does that work? Well, um the the mood on the set first off making a movie or a film is grueling work very time consuming a lot of pressures financial and time wise and everyone's under a lot of stress uh, the actors the director the producers the writers and the crew particularly and what i've found in 30 years patricia is that the the attitude of the people uh, working and particularly those people who have who are in charge of other people the attitude uh, is so instrumental and critically important to determining the mood amongst a group of people. And given your theme of positive living and the whole idea of finding positive solutions to problems uh, is applied every day in a, on a film set or a, or a television show. Sure. We make certainly, that was certainly the theme of Dear Prudence. Sure it is. And, and in fact, the making of the movie demonstrated the power of this, of, of this idea because... 
Jane Seymour, as the star of the show, has had, and, and stars always do, a tremendous impact on the mood on the set. Mm-hmm. Jane showed up every day in a good mood. She knew her lines. She was very pleasant to people. She thanked people profusely. She was polite. She was generous. She was gracious. And the crew loved her. Mm-hmm. And as a consequence of her, Jane, making a choice, and it is a choice, I tell you, every day, to be positive, mm-hmm. it, it, it impacted 100 people who were working with her. Mm-hmm. Not in, uh, well, in everything, on the right? set, then, as a consequence, for all of us, was a tremendous amount of fun. And I've, I've been on sets where a star or a director has made choices, and I underscore the making of choices have made choices to be destructive, mean-spirited, negative, and nihilistic. And what happens on the set? Talk about that, Rob. It's Again, probably just like what happens in business. What happens on the set? Well, you get, uh, when, when you come together to make a, a TV show, um, you hire a crew, many of whom have worked together, most of whom are not. There's 15 or 20 interrelated disciplines. People have to know how to get together and work together. But, but what happens when the director is mean-spirited? I mean, what, what happens to the mood? Uh, it, 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 it goes negative and direct, very direct relationship to the negativity of the director. Mm-hmm. He or she is cranky, bossy, um, e- egotistical, narcissistic, sulky. Everyone feels it, and it's like, uh, it's like a virus spreading through the crowd. Everyone feels sick, you know, not literally, metaphorically. And... Um, it's, I, listen, I think it's true of the way all of us conduct our lives every day, regardless of what we do. If we can go out in the world every day, and I try and remind myself every day how much I have to be grateful for. Yes. If I can take that out in the yeah. world, and if I can interact with the world, even when it's not pleasant for me, mm-hmm. with a sense of gratitude, mm-hmm. uh, it changes the way I interact with people, and it almost always, always benefits me. Mm-hmm. Now, there's that old adage that says resentment, and so we all feel resentful at times. Resentment is like taking poison yourself yeah. and hoping that it kills the other person. <laughs> yeah. You know, to me, resentment is a terribly negative emotion, and it always hurts me as much or more than it hurts someone. Oh, Absolutely. Yes, yeah. And so, you know, again, you know, we hear about this in business. We hear it. It starts from the top down. And, of course, on a movie set, I think it would be even more powerful because you're working in such an interrelated way with everybody. I mean, there's really an intimate connection. It's like a puzzle. You know, if that piece doesn't fit into the other one, it doesn't work. Well, it's like a family together. Yes, the chemistry. For Thanksgiving. And if Dad's in a bad mood or if Mom uh, is unhappy, or you know how it is when we get together, um, the mood of the room can be infected, uh, affected positively or negatively by just one person. And um, the film crew is, is like a family, and oftentimes they live together for weeks and weeks and weeks. And um, they rub up against each other mm-hmm. with great regularity. And mm-hmm. if we can't find a way to interact with each other with a, with a degree of decency and courtesy and compassion, it makes things much more difficult. And do you think it's the norm, or do you think um, on most of the sets you've been on, do you think usually there's positive camaraderie for the most part, uh, or, or it's mixed? What I find, uh, uh, for the most part, is the crews bond together um, consistently in a positive way. They help themselves out. They cover each other's mm-hmm. ear ends when necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're always kind of waiting with slightly bated breath to see how the highly paid 
privileged talent, mm-hmm. the director, the actor, the writers are going to treat them and interact with, mm-hmm. with them. There's a there's an undeniable sort of class mm-hmm. differentiation in film crews between um, the highly paid quote unquote creative talent and the guys who actually. Well, you know, it's it's really. I've got to tell a very quick story because I was thinking mm-hmm. about this, and I don't remember the guests I had on, but I had on two guests that owned a big ad agency in New York, and here they were, the uh, two women that dealt with the top people in the country. And the guy who ran the elevator downstairs, I, I forgot his name, but he was so kind to everybody that he actually, because of some things that he said or did, he brought clients back to them. Yeah. And they've made him an honorary person, and they've given him presents. And I don't have the whole story, but it's an example of what you're saying, mm-hmm. where that person who opens up that elevator door has an impact. Yeah, of course. I, I, listen, I, Patricia, I think, honestly, <clears throat> every day we go out in the world, Every single day we go out in the world, we have an impact on people, either in what we do say or, just as importantly, sometimes what we don't say mm-hmm. or how we say it. Uh, if it's a, you know, a moment's anger and discourtesy getting onto or off of an elevator, if it's, if it's road rage that happens, if it's being unpleasant with someone who works behind a counter, it impacts the world. We, we, each of us as individuals, I'm convinced, have a tremendous impact on the world. We just don't know it. But a negative one, that's why I'm very much in love with the idea of random acts of kindness. Oh, yes. That old idea. Because I, I do believe if each of us made a point every day, even in the smallest of circumstances, yeah. to be kind to someone, holding the door open for someone, um, Saying to someone how nice they look today, or being very important. To I do a lot of programs on that, and, and in the books that I wrote, I write about that. It's those little things, and I remember interviewing someone who said that someone actually really was was thinking of killing herself, mm-hmm. and someone smiled at her and, and gave her a kind mm-hmm. word and took her for a cup of coffee, and it made all the difference. I have a girlfriend uh, married to a dear friend of mine who's pregnant. And uh, she's seven, eight months pregnant and feeling kind of unattractive and kind of schlumpy, and she's got this big belly. She's walking down the street one day, um, and someone drove by. It was a man in the car. He, he slowed down, and he rolled down his window, and he said to her, pardon me. She said, yes. And he, he said, I'd just like to tell you how beautiful you look. <laughs> it wasn't anything other than an acknowledgement that she was a, a, a pregnant woman who looked ab- to this man absolutely. You know, it it so made her day. Oh, it's amazing. I was I spent some time with someone yesterday, and the last thing they said to me on the phone was, "It's an honor to know you." Well, and I just you know it it takes your breath away. You don't know what to do. You it, know what? It, it's it's it, it 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 is such it is a priceless experience. Yes, it is. And yet. The truth of the matter is, Patricia, every one of us can gift people in our lives that way right. at no cost to ourselves. Right. All right. On that note, Rob, on that beautiful note, we've got to close. Stay on the line. My guest has been Rob Gilmer, executive producer of the upcoming movie that's on the Hallmark Channel, Dear Prudence, this Saturday, August 23rd. Uh, Check it out. He was the writer as well as executive producer starring Jane Seymour, who I've interviewed. It's a fun movie, a whodunit. Check it out, folks. Remember, as I always say, uh, write to me at Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. I'd love to hear from you. And these shows are archived on my side as well as Voice America. Stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin for Positive Living. Have a great Monday and a great week.
listening to Positive Living with Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. For an autographed copy of Patricia's book, Pathfindings, Seven Principles for Positive Living, log on to raskinresources.com. And tune in next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific for Positive Living right here on voiceamerica.com. Thank you.